Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, let's just lift our hands and give him praise and glory, adoration unto our God, who is gracious and good and merciful. Our God, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Grateful for the sweet presence of the Lord. Amen. That he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always with us. Amen. Even in our worst moments and in our best moments, God is there. Amen. David said, though I make my bed in hell, thou art with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Some of you put the fitted sheet on this morning. But praise God. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So grateful. So thankful that we can come together and worship. Interact with the presence of the Lord and be edified and built up, strengthened by His might and by His power. So grateful. I'm grateful that I woke up to brand new tender mercies, fresh forgiveness this morning. Hallelujah. And that Jesus has not fell off the throne. He is still seated in His majesty. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the scripture came to me, Psalm 2, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Why do the heathen rage? And why do the people imagine a vain thing? And he goes on and he talks about how that they conspire and, and try to make uh, plans irrespective of God. But he says this, and he says it hundreds of years before Jesus even came onto the scene. He says, I have set my king. He already set his king before the foundation of the world. He said, I have set my king on Zion. Amen? Hallelujah. And that is stability. We can put our entire life on that and know that we have a steadfast and sure salvation. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God, it's not some slip and slidey thing. It's a secure, stable, steadfast salvation. Amen? Because He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Greet somebody before you're seated. Greet somebody. Let them know you're glad to see them here. Hallelujah. Good to see you, brother. God is good. Hallelujah. It's great to see everybody here this morning. And I know God has something good for us today. Amen.
Well, we would like to um, take up an offering for our meetings here today. Amen. And you know, we need to look at offerings not as, you know, some kind of religious duty, but as opportunity. Amen. To interact and to move in the financial kingdom dynamics of God. Because that's exactly what it is. When we stop seeing giving as charity and we start seeing it as interacting in God's financial system, we rise above the system of the beast. And we're no longer under its enslavement or submitted to it. And that's really the key. God doesn't necessarily want your money in the sense that he needs it, but he wants your heart. And many times it's our money that is the dictator of our heart and where our affections stem from. And so if we can slay that monster, if we can put that monster to death on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis, uh, praise God, we've got uh, uh, the, one of the biggest battles taken care of in our lives. Amen? Because nobody is more manipulated than with money. People are manipulated by money, the promise of money, no money, little bit of money, lots of money. It seems to affect their attitude, the way they live their lives, and their dreams are dictated to by how much money they have. But we serve a God that is greater than money. Amen? We serve a God that is greater than money, and He is our inheritance. Amen? He is our treasure. And when we treasure Him, it doesn't matter what we have. We're willing to yield it up and give it up. It's only when we're able to lift the knife, lift the knife to the things that He has given us, that we're able to operate at a high level of faith. Amen? And praise the Lord, we do that. Amen? So we, I just encourage you to, to give. And uh, we're going to pass the bucket here in just a few moments and uh, just give. We'll be taking up offerings, um, you know, during the morning meetings just to offset the cost of the conference and, uh, and to help with, uh, with things. Amen? Help pay our speakers and things of that nature. Amen? So you're giving in to good, solid ministries. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to pray, and then we'll take up our offering. Father, in Jesus' name, we just give you praise and thank you for your goodness and your mercy to us. Thank you that we're here to hear from you. We're here to receive from your hand. But first, before we do, we yield up an offering unto you right now in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Father God, that as we give, it shall be given. Press down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men pour into our bosom, for with the same measure we meet, they'll be measured back to us again. We take you at your word right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited about our speaker this morning, and uh, he is pastor of the Stronghold Church in Sand Springs, America, and uh, we're grateful to have him here, and we want to give him all the time and liberty that he needs to bring forth what the Spirit of the Lord is moving upon him, because I know God has something uh, that he wants to bring through this man. So let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Brent Thurber. Good morning, everyone. Is everybody awake and alert this morning? Good. Well, it feels like for almost <clears throat> two years now, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been just heavily preaching on many subjects, but they've all 
been for one thing, and that's been for what the Lord is revealing in the earth today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, the current state that we are in today, some would think is very bad, but I rejoice in where we're at today, and I know some people think I'm crazy, but we're so blessed to live today. You know, when you understand what the Lord did for us, and you understand that history, as well as prophecy, repeats itself, you know that the picture that God's trying to show us or paint for us is greater than maybe what we're actually captivating. So follow some of the lines here. You know, even when Jesus went down to make an open show of Satan... I believe he went down to make an open show of him because he was saying, never again will his plans not be seen by my people. And I believe today the reveal upon Satan and his scheme is greater than we've ever seen. Listen, our hearts are on display for everyone to see. If you haven't felt that you're being purged in this last season, we're going to wake you up this morning. Because literally, transparency and accountability in this season is key for what God is want or where He's wanting to take you and what He's wanting to do through you. So I'm going to take it this morning in a direction that I feel the Holy Ghost is leading on. Um, you know, I have a lot of questions for the Lord. I probably ask Him thousands a year, and He may answer them in hundreds. But I ask him a lot of questions. And, and, and the reason I ask him a lot of questions is I want him to be my teacher. Just like your children ask you questions because they trust you as their teacher. These seasons should never leave us. We, have, we should have childlike faith. And I have so many questions for the Lord because I want to know what he's doing, how he's doing it, and I want to know how I partner with him. So we got a lot of things that are going on in the earth and a lot of things that are pushing fear. But here's the thing. We have two choices to where we get our news. There's just two choices. It's either the kingdom of God, his word, his voice, his prophets, or it's a world system. One's going to push you in love And move you in the fruits of the Spirit. How many fruits of the Spirit are there? Nine. If you take love out of it, how many of the others function? And perfect what? Cast out what? See, this is a pretty easy revolution we're in right here. I mean, it's really pretty easy answers. So I've been asking the Lord, hey, where's the church at? Where's the church at? I want to know where the church is at because I know where the church is supposed to go. But Lord, where is the church? Now, some of you guys may have heard me say this, but when the agenda in the earth came to its fullness during this pandemic, I call it pandemic because I'm not saying this is a political statement. I'm saying hell had this designed. Do you, do you understand that there? Okay, so, so when COVID-19 hit, 
It's just another disease, guys. It's, it's, it's an infirmity. Jesus called them infirmities. We, we give them way too many names. Listen, we need to stick with infirmity, and we need to cast out infirmity. Uh, it, it, there's going to be more diseases created. Do, do you understand that there are 33 disease categories, and there was 33 stripes? That means the answer is done. It's finished. It's, I don't care what hits the earth. The answer is the same. His name is Jesus. Okay? So when this fear hit the earth, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how is the church going to respond to COVID? And he said, don't worry, son. They'll get used to it. I said, what do you mean they'll get used to it? And he said, yeah, just like they did wheelchairs, just like they did crutches, just like they did cancer, just like they've gotten used to everything. I said, Lord, I hear you. I hear you. So, as Satan is being exposed in the earth, and our hearts are on display, we're being revealed, it's interesting to think, Jesus, what could you be doing in this season? And, and you know, I think it's amazing how Jesus drew his disciples. Most of the disciples he drew, he dispelled something that was false and accurate or he did something in the supernatural that shifted their eyes off the natural you know like when he called peter peter was out in the depths of the water he's fishing because at night the fish are in the depths in the morning they come in as the uh, fish get to the shallow waters that's how they fish peter had no luck so jesus gets in the boat casts the nets on the other side we know the story what happens so here's the thing he showed peter something supernatural and it drew him in so another question to ask is was that a miracle of jesus or is that peter's destiny and design what do i mean by that <clears throat> the word says the anxious the ancient anxious Longing of the manifestations of sons of God. So did the fish have an obligation to his destiny or did Jesus pull a miracle? Was it Jesus' miracle or was it Peter's first? I don't know. I just know that Jesus calls us to the supernatural. So this morning, I'm going to talk about contending for the supernatural. Because if there's anything I look at that I want changed is I do not want the father's house to be dead but i'm less worried about the father's house being dead as i am his people being dead so jude one and three this is a verse that's key for this whole message and i want you to keep it near to you <clears throat> and for the sake of time since this message is going to be about five hours i'm i'm, I'm gonna i'm not gonna give you time to get there i'm just teasing Jude 1 and 3 says, It was needful to me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now listen to this. It was needful to me to write unto who? You. And exhort who? You. That who? You 
should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. <clears throat> so if you take you out and put me in there, that's a whole lot of you he's talking to. It's a whole lot. So let's look at the form of this. Distress means to constraint, to take urgent action. Listen, the church has moved away from the Holy Spirit, empowered people. Now, I know the ministries of this house and the ministers in here have not, but what I'm trying to talk about is contending for miracles and what and how we should function as a body. There's been a drifting for a long time. I like the way Kevin Powers says it. Well, Kevin Powers' brother, not Kenny, but Kenny's brother, Kevin Powers. I like the way he says it. He said, we moved away from the presence-driven model of the church. The original foundation and doctrine and power has been eroded. There are many men and women that are great orators. That are great orators. But where's the power? The church needed to be exhorted. We need to be called back. We need to be brought near. Exhort means to call back what you have had so that you can have it again. Romans 8 and 11 says, But as the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, you know the rest of it. It quickens your mortal body. So what does it mean to earnestly contend? See, there's nothing like being 20% at something or being 50% at something. Anybody ever stepped into something and you thought I was doing pretty good and the Lord said, man, I just prefer that you at least give 50%? Or, or you think you've arrived and the Lord says, you did pretty good on your own. To contend, to earnestly contend, means to struggle. Oh, that's not, that's not fun. Many are called, few are chosen. Many are called, few are processed. You mean there's a process? To struggle, to compete for a prize, to contend, to contend with an adversary. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall what? Cast out demons, devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up of servants. And if they eat or if they drink anything dead, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Demons are way too comfortable in the American church. They're way too comfort, comfortable in American families. Listen, <clears throat> demons don't die. They recycle humans. They just recycle humans. Sometimes they stay in a family for a lineage line that we should never even talk about. How do they stay in a family so long? 
But how and why do they feel comfortable in the houses of the Lord? I pray one day they're expelled in the parking lot before they can even reach the door because they're sent with agendas. I'm tired of a body that's making sensational or sensationalists look accurate. What do I mean by that? Christians that think the gifts died with the apostles. I want to see a bunch of holy filled men and women that make them question everything they think they've ever known. I want people out slapping people with the hand of Paul. Now the foundations eroded with compromise, permissive living. The church changed from the New Testament church, the one that was full of faith, full of power, full of purity. Why is there such a loss of passion, purity, and commitment, and power? Why? So what's the body seeing? This is what I need. This is what I believe we need to do. I believe we need to press, arise, and press through for increase in miracles. We got to start contending for the supernatural. The church was birthed in the supernatural. So I'm going to give you a definition of the supernatural. Anything above and beyond the natural realm. An effect of the natural world that cannot be explained by natural laws. The overriding of natural laws. The speeding up of natural laws. Supernatural. We were created to blow people's minds. There's no other phrase I like to use better than, I'm not out of my mind, I'm just out of yours. People say, you're crazy, you're right. Being called crazy is not bad. Unless you're out on the side of the road hitchhiking. But we were called to blow people's minds. Stop arguing with people that don't have anything you want. I see social media and I'm like, man, there's millions of conversations that's going on every day that are as useless, as useless as can be. I'm not going to argue with somebody that has nothing I want. think about that that's a pretty heavy put down no it's the truth why would you engage somebody that has nothing that could benefit you the God we serve supernatural Jeremiah 32 27 says I am the Lord God of all flesh is there anything too hard for me the Bible abounds in supernatural intervention of God 
Sometimes we got to read through the Bible just to remind ourselves of who he is. Sometimes we function so long in the flesh that we don't even remember what the Spirit looks like, how it functions, Why is it when the anointing's so strong up here, you got to come up here to feel it? It's because it starts getting dead the further it gets back. Not because of the Lord, but because of the people in the seats. I'm just going to tell you, if you're a pastor in here, if you eat your spiritual Wheaties, you're going to get some flakes and nuts in the house. I notice the more I travel and the more I function in the prophetic or the more I pray for people, the more crazy individuals that stand in front of me. I'm like, Lord, I'm glad you're with me today. I don't know how to answer that question. And sometimes I just want to say, put them out, Lord. <laughs> Lord, it's going to be easier if you let them hit the ground. Wake them up when pastor's around. Luke 1.37, for with God, nothing, nothing shall be impossible. The more I, tr the more I travel with the Lord in his word and in relationship the more I wake up and ease every day knowing this is not me and it can't be me. It's just got to be him. The more you lay down your flesh, the easier it is to walk with the Spirit. You know, the law of Moses, it was seductive. The law identified sin, but it was powerless to do anything about it. But that law is seductive in trying to get you into works to accomplish something. Okay? We have so many examples, even in the Old Testament, of people that function in the supernatural. You had Moses, you had Joshua, Samuel, David, Elijah. And then Jesus was born. His whole life just his birth was supernatural because it did not take procreation to create the king of kings and the lord of lords he was fully god and he was fully man his ministry was supernatural and his resurrection was so supernatural it's the reason we get to live on this side of the cross When he died, he was just starting, guys. I believe that's a word for somebody today. It's just starting. The apostles, they were trained by Jesus, and they were trained for the supernatural. They had questions that were unique. You know, when, when, when they started functioning in this, they had a long run before they faced something that they had to ask Jesus about. It took them a while to run into a problem where they said, uh, Jesus, we have a question. We ran into something we couldn't get rid of. 
anybody running with the Lord having such such anticipation and such glory under his name that you've ran into something you don't know how to deal with that's a good problem it's a good problem to function in the Lord and then run into something that you can't deal with it means you're growing Mark 3 chapter or Mark chapter 3 verse 14 and 16 it says and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and cast out devils and Simon he surnamed Peter he built them for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost your destiny is his solution in this earth he built you for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost I love to hear people sing I love to hear people worship but the Holy Spirit's not going to be involved I'd rather go to a concert New Testament church Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through 4 outpouring of the Holy Spirit Acts 2 41 3,000 were saved Acts 4 verse 1 through 40 5,000 saved Acts chapter 5 14 through 16 there was multitudes added Acts chapter 6 verse 6 people gave their heart seeing miracles I don't know I've been at the church that I'm the under shepherd of for a while and I've never seen the multitudes walk through I've seen some guests but I've never seen 40 guests at one time walk through but I'm praying for the multitudes people gave their hearts what seeing miracles I might blow your theology today but did you know Jesus healed people before they ever gave his, their heart to him <clears throat> man has an order <clears throat> we think that you have to be <laughs> we think that you have to be redeemed before you're edified Now, I tell our church, don't try to edify anybody that hadn't been redeemed. Why do I say that? Listen, if they come in smoking a cigarette, if they come in and they smell like they drank a 24 case of beer, listen, right now they're of the world, so they're going to look like the world. You can't try to edify them and tell them you can't do that until they know a loving Savior. And then it's Him that cleans them, not us. <clears throat> but Jesus did things that make us uncomfortable. we think that somebody's got to be right with the Lord before the Lord can touch them what walk in faith Acts chapter 9 32 and 35 two whole cities came to the Lord did you hear me there's not enough churches in our cities if the cities were saved you talk about having an issue 12 did that I'm not looking at a pastor in this house that doesn't have more than 12 New Testament church was birthed and it grew in supernatural power but, 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 but pastor why are you so concentrated on miracles I'm not I'm concentrated on Jesus and because I'm concentrated on Jesus there will be miracles 
There, there will be miracles. I don't want to go out and preach if I can't lay hands on the sick. The Bible says cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Why, why do we want to preach? Listen, there are much greater preachers than this guy. You can find them anywhere. Matter of fact, I didn't meet one in Africa that couldn't shout me down and preach me around 50 times over. They have more time to study the word. They have, I mean, those guys are crazy. And they call us to come preach? I'm like, you crazy. But I do know what I do carry, and that's the power of the Holy Ghost. So, listen, I can be like David. Stick the giant before me, and I don't care. I don't care. Now, you talk about giants in the land today, and people get mad. They get mad. I tell everybody, listen, Goliath came before you in the morning and before the evening. It's called your news. And people get mad at me for saying that. I'm like, that's a giant in the land. Until we shut it down... People are going to continue to believe its voice. You know, I honestly believe if the Apostle Paul walked in the church today, I don't think he'd preach. I think he'd have to take the altar lines in the churches. I wish he had to come to preach but I don't think that would be the issue. I think he'd have to pray, uh, pray for the sick. I think he'd have to prophesy to the dead. So, God is restoring the church. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things which God had spoken by mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. So let me break this down. Jesus will not return until the restitution of all things. It's a church without spot or wrinkle or spot or blemish. Why are we on reveal? Because the Lord is purging and he's cleansing his house. We are the ones that gave the world the right to the word hypocrite. I've ran into some people that wanted nothing to do with God, but they knew his word. We're in interesting times. Times in the Greek is chronos. It's a period of time. Restitution means to reconstitute to health, to function, and vitality. In this season, the Lord is bringing the bride back to health, bringing it back to proper function, and he's returning vitality to the body of Christ. I love what Chad said last night. He says, as we get older, we should get healthier. That's no different than saying, seek your own salvation with fear and trembling, study to show thyself approved. The more you get in the word and the more the word that gets in you, the more your body comes to life. He told that story about uh, Bosworth. It was similar even with um, Oral Roberts' wife. 
Oral Roberts' wife, she fell, hit the curb. She was in the hospital. Kenneth Copeland called Oral Roberts and said, listen, she didn't trip. The Lord was removing her spirit and her earth vessel fell and hit the curb. And Oral's like, why is she still alive? He said, it's the anointing that's left in the body. You got to tell it to uh, leave. So Kenneth Copeland, Oral Roberts fly to California. They go to, I think it was Ellen, uh, I think his wife was Evelyn. Spoke to Evelyn's body and said, anointing, leave. And guess what? The earth suit stopped. It's pretty amazing. If we're growing from glory to glory, <laughs> we should be getting healthier and healthier. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. If you speak to your body what you're seeing in the natural, you're lying, but you're telling the truth. You're speaking against God's word, but you will get that which you speak. You know, us pastors, we're not discipling from the pulpit. I'm I'm not here discipling. I don't disciple from my pulpit. Discipleship does not take place in a monologue. Discipleship takes place in a dialogue. It's two people, two people speaking back and forth. Iron sharpens iron. If you want to know the truth, I look for the people of the house and the leadership of the house to do the discipling. I still disciple, don't get me wrong. But if people in the house are growing, it's because they are being discipled and they are seeking the Lord. I'm just trying to move an army in the direction that the Lord wants the army to move. There must be a change in the church. 1 Samuel 7, verse 13, it says, So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Why do I read that scripture? The reason I read that scripture is Samuel knew something. Samuel operated in a corporate anointing, and he impacted the nation. I'm ready for our churches to operate in such a corporate anointing that the city is 100% impacted. You know, it's one thing to tell the people, listen, you're leaving here Sunday. You guys get together. You guys pray about what restaurant needs to be impacted for the kingdom, and you take your finances and you go give. That's affecting the kingdom. Having conferences like this, bringing people into hotels, staying in the city. Well, okay, let's be honest. Manford needs a hotel. (laughs) So if you're a business man or woman in this house, you got to build something. Seriously, you need to build something. Manford has better eating places than my hometown, Sand Springs. The reason you see a pharmacy on every corner is there's a Mexican restaurant across the street. You partake in one and you go get the other. And pretty soon, Sam's is going to have to come in town because we need toilet paper too. 
We need to expect to take our city, guys. There's one thing I know, and there's one thing I'll speak over every one of you. You're not to die small. We're not to die small. Our funerals should be longer than our weddings. And not because you only have family that's willing to lie for you. I already told everybody in our church, I said, listen, I'm not going to lie for you. So you better plan your funeral if you're not living right. If you're living right, choose me. I'll paint a beautiful picture of your life for Christ. But I'm not going to lie for you. I'll get up there and tell people the truth. Listen, that dude's probably dancing right now. And not because it's beautiful, because it's hot. (laughs) Don't you guys want the truth? Live a life that literally people will tell your story. You're living epistle being written by the hand of God it means we do God stuff liquid glory flows through your body you're Jesus on location literally you're Jesus on location <clears throat> if you weren't he would have stayed he said but it's better that I go because he had something to send Some of us dream about being Superman. He created us all to be supernatural. Every one of us. So expect to take your city. Restoration is ongoing. We can see it all the way through the Bible. Healing evangelism, pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, all of them. We have the promise that the glory of the latter house will be greater than what? The former house. The glory of God is just his nature and power. Listen, when the glory steps in, we don't have to do anything. God does it all, and there's not one person that doesn't get touched. Romans 15, 19. Fully preached the gospel through mighty signs and wonders. I'll always call signs, wonders, and miracles God's original marketing plan. It just was. It's what drew the crowds. Miracles are part of God's plan. They're part of his provision for your life so that you can make impact. Who wants to be a people of impact? We weren't born to be mundane. If you want to be mundane, go watch soccer. I played soccer and I love the game, but watching it, good night. You can't draw back from disappointment, discourage, discouragement. The Bible in Timothy said to stir a flame or to rekindle the fire from the laying on of hands. And he followed it because he said, For I did not give you a spirit of what? Fear, but I gave you love, power, and a sound mind. Did you guys know he was speaking about your spiritual gifts? We quote that verse all the time for other things. 
but we never quote that regarding our spiritual gifts. I'm at the point where I'm looking at our spiritual gifts to function through all facets of the times we get together. That it needs to function in every facet. Those that lead worship need to sing and prophetically lead. I yield to the stage. I yield to the stage. Now, if the Lord tells me to do something, I do it. But I, I believe in the ones that are up there leading. But if you're in worship, you need to be not only setting your intimacy with God on display, because that's what you're doing. You're up there setting your intimacy with God on display. Listen, we got so much talent throughout the body of Christ, it's not even funny. But let's just wipe the talent out. We need the anointing. I'd rather take a voice that's not as sharp but they know how to follow the presence of God. They know how to display intimacy with the Lord. I'd rather take that all day of the week than some unbelievable voice that just gets up there and performs. Genesis 21. You guys remember Hagar sat alone in the desert, weeping with despair, son dying of thirst. And then God opened her eyes. And she saw a well of water. There's miracles of provision for the house. There's miracles of provision for each one of us. And they're not hidden out of sight, God, guys. Faith enables us to see beyond circumstances. If you've been walking in something that is dry, you need to pray that the provision around you is seen. We have to open our eyes. Lord, give us eyes to see. Lord, give us ears to hear. Lord, give us a heart to perceive what you are doing. What you're doing. Faith enables us to see beyond those circumstances. Miracles flourish in a strong spiritual atmosphere. This is what I believe the Lord is speaking today. He's changing the atmospheres of houses. He's teaching us how to flow in the atmospheres on earth as in heaven. We've got to read what the atmospheres are like. There's great atmospheres carried by great men and women of God, whether it will be Or Roberts, Smith Wigglesworth, Benny Hinn, Atmospheres matter, just ask them. Atmospheres get people expectant upon the move of God. I remember Benny Hinn came with such controversy. Everybody has a thought on Benny Hinn. I used to hate Benny Hinn's hair. Then I started losing mine, and I thought, well, maybe his haircut wouldn't be that bad. Then I got smart. I said, Lord, wouldn't it be easier that you remembered the original number of hairs on my head? So we're in that discussion. 
We're, we're in the return to the sender process right now, me and the Lord. But atmospheres matter. It was said of a Benny Hinn meeting that people would open the doors at 8 a.m. in the morning to come in prayer and they'd be slain in the spirit at the entryway of the door. It matters. I know somebody that sat on stage during one of his meetings. He said he was in worship, said he had his eyes closed, said he was just praising the Lord. And he said, whoosh. He said, I felt the presence of God so heavy. I said, he said, Lord, I better open my eyes and see you. That better not be Benny. And he opened his eyes and it was Benny. And he said, Lord, you're no respecter of men. And he said, it's the expectancy in the house. See, when you're known for miracles, people expect what? I'm not trying to turn us into medicine men. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say that the supernatural is natural for us to flow in. People should come to the church because they feel like they were healed. That was the biggest, the biggest thing of COVID-19 was the fact that not that churches shut the door, that the people allowed the churches to shut the doors. Because if they believed there was healing in the house, everybody would have been at the house of the Lord. So atmosphere matters. The mass of air around us is the atmosphere, a prevailing, a prevailing influence. We know there's some natural things in the atmosphere. We know we feel humidity. We know there's invisible environments that affect us, like air and water. Anybody ever went to a restaurant and drunk their water and was like, whoo, I'm going to slide that to the side. These things affect us. Atmospheres can be polluted. They can have harmful effects. All living things need an environment that's favorable and flourishing. Your personal house, men, you set the atmosphere. Is your wife waiting for you to get home, or is she like, Lord, let him work overtime? <laughs> Do your children beat the dog to the front door to see you? These are all signs of the atmosphere that you possess and carry. I'm like, every year I pray for more. I'm like, Lord, let's, let's enlarge this atmosphere to 12 feet. Everybody that steps within 12 feet, everybody that steps within 12 feet is conducive to my atmosphere. Listen, if the God in me is greater than the sin in the sinner, I win. But if the sin in the sinner is greater than the God in me, guess what happens? The sin in the sinner wins. So I, have, I just pray 12 feet. When I go to the restaurants, I say, Lord, bring everybody that needs to sit around, around. It shouldn't be weird for a waitress to approach and say, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Sit on the airplane. I don't normally talk to people like this. These are common occurrences. Because when Jesus is present, people need to puke. And it's not just for demons. 
People need the heaviness that the world has put off on them off. These physical bodies were not meant to carry the heaviness of the, of the world. They were meant to carry the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. If you feel heavy, you've picked up something that's not yours. It's that easy. It's that easy. If you're sick, your spirit's at war with your body because your spirit does not know sickness. Your flesh can. All living things need a favorable environment. If you don't think atmospheres exist, guys, when you got married, you remember how romantic you were? If you ever lit a candle, I'm sorry, that was not you. I'm just teasing. But we see in the natural, candles set things up. They either make things smell better or they prove an agenda. So let's talk about spiritual atmospheres. The surrounding spiritual influences that prevail to affect and influence people. Spiritual atmospheres are filled with spiritual substance, and that can be one or two things. It could be spiritual and of heaven, or it could be demonic and of the devil. These are the two choices we have. The prevailing spiritual atmosphere of our city affects its thinking and all those who dwell in it. I ask when I go to preach in different cities, Lord, what's going on in this city? What is the predominant attack that's on this city? Why? I need to know what could be in the minds of the people in the church. What is affecting them? What, what is, how can I partner with the pastor to, to, to break what is taking place? What is the pastor facing? What is going on? Spiritual atmospheres can be heavy. They can be oppressive. They can be resistant to miracles. If you've ever traveled and you know that the Lord functions and you're having a hard time even getting faith in the room, it's tough to start laying hands on the sick and there be no faith in the room. I'm telling you, if you're a believer in this house and you have a home church and you're not the one praying for somebody, listen, what you carry makes a difference on what goes on in that house. I went to a meeting with some people, the Arnots that were at the, that their church housed the Toronto Blessing. And I sat there for an hour and a half while he tried to build the faith in the room just so he could pray for the sick. You want to know the truth? This would have been easier for him. If you need healing, I need you in the parking lot. If you're a born-again believer, I want you to stay in here. It would have been easier for him to divide the room, to take those that had the faith to be healed that came for healing outside and not have to deal with the lack of faith in the house. So if you're a believer in the house today, listen, you should come to church expecting God to do what God does. Don't fight the house. What you carry in here means a lot. 
the Lord told me the other day, he said, watch. He said, I'm starting to take out the trash. Mark 6, 5. He could do no mighty work. Why? Unbelief. Mark 6, 44. And those who ate of the loaves, 5,000 just in men. Mark 6, 56. As many as touched him were made whole. Were made whole. Spiritual atmospheres can be built. Matthew eleven twelve. The kingdom of heaven suffers violent. The violent take it by force. Violent means to exert effort. Be forcible. Overcome spiritual resistance. Listen, when you want something, you know how to get it. Even if it takes manipulation. Did you know, well, you guys know manipulation is witchcraft. But the reason... Satan uses manipulation is he wants you to know that you can do it on your own and force it. See, when you manipulate, you're saying, God, I'm going to skip your process and I'm going to go to mine. Here's a sad thing. Most Christians... I don't know what sacrifice is. I really don't. Once I look at the cross of Calvary, I do not know what sacrifice is. I don't even use that word. Because every time God's ever asked me to give something up, he gave me something greater. I know not sacrifice. Not, not in and of myself. There's such strong opposition to the kingdom of God when it comes to manifesting miracles. There's such a resistance. People can arise and alter spiritual atmospheres. So, building an atmosphere for miracles. It's got to start out with just a strong desire to know that's who the king is. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says covet earnestly the best gifts covet means to burn with passion or longing for something valuable it was created in heaven and it's valuable do you know we will not need miracles in heaven you will not be anointed in heaven none of it's needed so here's the thing don't waste it here on earth don't waste it here on earth so that means if somebody's sick, pray for them. If somebody's hurting, pray for them. Every time you see a need, give God an opportunity to meet it. You don't get the glory if he doesn't, and you don't get the blame if he doesn't. Anybody ever heard of the term gold fever? Anybody ever heard of that? It's greed and excitement caused by a gold rush. It's what I call a disruptive appetite. And we need the church to have some disruptive appetites. It's time that we get disruptive. It's time that our appetites for the Lord get so, so big that God himself has to control it. We got to pursue God with passion. Fervent prayer and fasting, James 5, 16. The fervent effectual prayers of a righteous man avail much. 
Fervent means to be passionate, zealous, on fire, intense. Which means we have to release much power in the earth when praying fervently. Because we've got to pray in harmony with the word of God. Here's the thing, though. If you don't know the word of God, it's hard to come in agreement with something. That's why when somebody says, I need prayer, first tell me what scripture you're holding on to. What scripture are you standing on? I'll partner with you. I will partner with anybody that's standing on Scripture. Focus on prayer, intimacy, and the kingdom of God. That way the kingdom of God comes. Luke 4, 14, prayer and fasting release miracle power in Jesus' life. Matthew 17, 21, prayer and fasting release the power to break bondages. You know almost everybody you pass is in bondage. They're just waiting for the key to be unlocked. They're just waiting. Here you are carrying heaven, which has no problems, which means it has all solutions. You're the key to unlock people's lives. Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. John 14, 12, he that believes in me, the works I do, shall he also do. And then it goes on to say, even greater. Mark 16, 17, these signs follow them that believe. In today's world, it's easy to become discouraged. Understand. God, the uncreated one, finished everything before it started. And then he sent his son on the cross to die so that victory was already sealed. How could you let the world system discourage you when you're not even a citizen of this world? Why would you wake up and the job that you clock into that pays you X amount of dollars per hour that tries to define you by an hourly rate, why would that hold your peace? Listen, if your faith is in a number at the end of the week, that's why that number doesn't grow. We got to find out truly where our faith is. We've been put in this system, and this system grinds against us so hard that a lot of our faith functions in this system. When the system shows it's broke, then we think we're broke. Therefore, the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, it's easy for him to put out the right media that would blow Christians up. See, his attack isn't against his people. It's against God's people. If you're functioning in a finite power of the devil, he don't need to get you. But if you're functioning in an infinite power of God, he's after you. 
So listen, let me tell you how this works. We're upset over money right now. We're upset over things that are floating out in the ocean right now. But God has no limit to his supply. We're mad because we think the government's controlling our money. The government has no money. This is a history lesson and, or an economics lesson. The government has no money. You have the money. The taxpayers. So, the enemy has got us so focused on the world system that every time something gets tweaked, you're proving where your faith's at. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Pastor, I'll probably lose my job. So? So? What's next? That's the real question. Then what? We've got to go further beyond where we're standing. So here's the thing. You may lose your job. You may not. But I know one thing. I see where your faith is. You're on reveal. You're on reveal. Listen. Fortune 500 companies are called Fortune 500 companies because the devil wants them to control you. Everything to the food supply, everything to the water supply, everything to the electrical grid, they manipulate it because it manipulates you. But God's revealing where our faith is. He's taking the trash out. Spiritually, some of your guys' curbs, if you will walk this out with the Lord, some of your guys' curbs will be heavy with spiritual trash. I'm just letting you know that. So it's easy to become discouraged, disappointed. It's easy to be gripped with unbelief if you're not focused right. The Western church is full of unbelief and cynicism. It's full. It's full of it. Why do we have to work so hard for miracles to take place? It's because the people are more in the natural than they are the supernatural. What if we switched and said, hey, let's go have lunch, and it ended up being spiritual food instead of natural food? I mean, there's questions we got to ask ourselves. So the confessing of the word, and I'm going to close, Mark 11, 23. Whosoever shall speak of this mountain, be removed. So we know Matthew 12, 34 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you have the gift of listening, and I say the gift of listening because listening is a gift, most people don't want to listen. Most people want to rebuttal. It's a big difference. We have become so, so impressed with our own intellect, our own academia, that we can't listen to people because we want to speak ourselves. That's why, that's, this is why people say I'm horrible with names. No, you're not horrible with names. 
It's too important that you get your name out in the handshake that you don't listen to the name that is identifying itself. That's the truth. So your first exchange isn't even spiritual. Do you know every time you meet a man or a woman, you see a different attribute of God? The cherubim and the seraphim fly around the throne for eternity seeing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Which means every time they come around the throne, they see a different attribute of God. Listen, I'm not that impressive. In 30 minutes, you'll know everything about me. That's eternity with the Lord. Bob Hazy, about two weeks, we'll get to know you. It's going to take a while with Bob. It takes time and effort to fill your heart with the will of God. Listen, you got to meditate on this word. You have to meditate on it. It's important that you know what God is speaking to you in season. And it's important that you know what he's speaking to you out of season. Because when God tells us something, we're so impressed that we actually heard that we tell everybody. A bunch of Christians that are casting pearls before swine. I finally heard from him. No, you finally shut up. Listen, I had somebody at church. I'm praising the Lord. I didn't know they came up and got a mic during church. They grabbed a mic a couple years ago during church, and I heard them start giving this word. And the first thing they said is, the Lord started dealing with me. I'm fat. I opened my eyes and I said, oh, Lord, where are they at? Can I get this mic? And after church, I had to go to him and say, listen, we were in corporate atmosphere and you took it individual. Well, pastor, I felt like that was a corporate word. And I said, you started out with I am. I was like, what more telling do you need? I am. I was like, you took it personal when it's corporate. But I said, that's not the real problem. I said, let me ask you something. How busy your week been? Oh, it's been so hectic, Pastor. I said, was today the first time you got quiet before the Lord this week? Yes. And I said, so you finally gave yourself a chance to hear the voice of the Lord, and you automatically think it's for everybody? So meditate on his word. You must learn to agree on the word. You have to agree with the word of God, and you have to speak it forth. Some of the most powerful men and women of the Lord are the ones that speak positive confessions over their life. I don't need to know if somebody thinks they're good looking or pretty, but I want to know if they feel powerful in the Holy Ghost. But better yet than that, they'll show you if they're powerful in the Holy Ghost. I was in Bible school sitting beside an African lady and I'd already heard that she had raised two of her kids from the dead. And I'm like, my gosh, what kind of life does she have that she had to raise two of her kids from the dead? Well, one of them fell off a third-story balcony, hit the concrete, and their head was about that wide after they hit the concrete. And she ran down there, grabbed the baby out of the father's arms and said, you're not calling 911. I know this baby's dead, but when I return, she'll be alive. 
She ran upstairs, locked herself in the bedroom for two days. And when she came out, that baby's head was totally reformed and that baby was 100% alive. Here's the crazy thing. Her daughter went through Sand Springs school system. The second one, she went in to have an ultrasound. The baby was dead in the womb. She said, doctor, don't you speak another word. And she locked herself in the room again for the remainder of the nine months. And she told her husband, she said, you bring food in the room and that's all I want. And she said, when it's time to birth the baby, I'll come out. And she did. She came out and she birthed the baby. But this woman was sitting next to me in Bible school. I hadn't even talked to her. And the professor said, will you pray? And the first word out of her mouth, I started laughing. That's not like me. I, I'm, I'm pretty quiet, pretty reserved during prayer. So she starts praying and I start laughing. Listen, her atmosphere was so conducive to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'd never heard one person say one word in a prayer and take us to the throne room of God. And I started laughing because I was like, I've never experienced this. But here's the thing. One contact with her changed the way I view prayer forever. Because I was like, you've been someplace I've never seen. You've been someplace I've never seen been same thing when i read the psalms that david wrote he writes of a love for jesus that i say lord i don't know that love but i desire and i want to hebrews 10 38 hold fast the confession of our faith without wearing listen guys we were built for the supernatural we were built for the supernatural it's not on the load of pastors. We have services right now that are supernatural services for one reason and one reason only. The body of Christ is not actively pursuing the supernatural outside these doors like they should be. I'm contending for a day in which people come through the back doors because somebody in the church prayed for them. They experienced the supernatural of God. It changed their life, and now they are part of the body of Christ. I'm all for having these services. I'm all for laying hands on the sick, prophesying over those that have no ears to hear, no eyes to see. But I want it to be from a place in which the church is being added to because the body is doing the work the body was called to do so i'm going to pray over anybody that wants prayer i'm not giving us a, a specific altar call i'm just saying if you need prayer i want to pray for you um i moved to a totally different way this year the lord said no token altar calls don't ask anybody twice if they want it they'll come get it and, and i believe that's the way the church is we should be transparent and we should be accountable to one another. Um, I do want to say this, Pastor Kevin. Everybody, everybody knows you. You're such a nice guy. You're just a sweetheart of a man. But, you know, it was interesting. I saw you on the golf course the other day, and you were hitting a shot. And uh, I told you how pretty you looked while you were hitting it, because you did look pretty. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting. Uh, you know, us golfers, we know the terminology. You, you hit it dead straight at the pin. 
but you didn't have, you had the accuracy, but you didn't have the distance. And the Lord showed me a picture, and I saw some knives, and he was sharpening these knives. And he was taking such joy in sharpening these. And I saw the Lord take this knife, and he said, here's Kevin. And he sliced it to, through this big old, big old massive piece of steak. And he said the, that Kevin in this season is going to see an accuracy that he's never seen in the past. And the Lord revealed some things in your heart uh, that I knew this message was for you. Uh, the Lord said early on in the days of ministry, he had talked to you about some supernatural things that were going to follow your ministry and some things that you were going to do. And, and I'm not saying you haven't had the faith to step in them, but, but you haven't felt the power rise up within you that you wanted in order to step out to do them. And the Lord says, this is a season. This is a season for you to take the step, and this is a season for you to do that. He said, you've been diligent to study his word. You've been diligent to preach with transparency and with depth. But the Lord says, this is a season in which you're going to see his hand move on that part of your ministry. So he said, step out, step out, step out. And it was funny, um, uh, the distance is there. The distance and the longevity is there. It's, 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 it's built in you, and, and you're going to run your race with excellence. You, you've, been, you've, been, you've been so stable. You, you, you've, been, you've, you've been so faithful. You've been so faithful. So, Pastor Kenny, this is this is really for your, this is really for your praise team, um, and I don't know where I know DJ's in here, but I, and I know Amber's in here and Rob. I, uh, well, there's there's Candace right there. So, um, I just felt over your praise team. I felt like you've given a lot of leeway, and there's even been times that you've seen things and maybe you wanted to step in, but but you've given a lot of leeway for the Lord to cultivate what he wanted to cultivate. And um, your, your, your praise and worship team is, is so prophetic. And the way the Lord is moving them in this season is they're going to give a new voice to your house. And that new voice is going to open up the realm that you need to for the impartation to hit the way it needs to hit. The teaching, even the preaching that you guys as a team has been, rele has been releasing, you know it's not been effective as it could have been. Uh, but I just see the Lord in this season moving in an unbelievable way regarding that. Um, I, I see your guys' team uh, releasing songs that are born and birthed in one praise and worship session. Um, Candace, you're going to have to be faithful to sing and bust through in the atmosphere what the Lord's telling you. Um, and, and you guys are going to finish, you guys are going to start songs and finish them quickly because the atmosphere that's producing is going to provide the articulation that God is giving. It, I'm, if you're not faithful to finish what you start, you'll lose the song. I'm telling you, you will lose the song because it's going to be birthed. It's going to be birthed in the atmosphere that has been cultivating there. Um, I know it's been different since COVID, uh, but the Lord says 
he's fixing to change it for his desires okay it, it, there's there's a, there's a sound coming from the house and it's going to reach farther than it's ever reached um the church is going to grow but it's going to grow differently than what you think it's going to grow differently than what you think um pastor t can you do me a favor can you hit the keyboard I didn't know if you were going to be here today, and on the way to church, I saw something, and when you weren't here, I was like, well, maybe it's for a different season. But when I saw you sitting back there, no, you're fine. The Lord is going to release something through you um, that's going to set some things straight. I don't know what's going on around you. I don't even know what's going on inside of you. I just know the Lord said that he was the author and the finisher and that there is an original design that was in you and he's going to return some things back to that original design. There's been some things that you're fighting. I, I don't know this to be true, but I think you've been fighting your voice. I think you've been fighting your creativity. I think there's a lot of things in there that have been a fight for you in this past season. And I just hear the author saying he's going to restore it to its original design. The power has to flow. Like, the power has to flow. Not what you've seen in the past, but what God promised would flow it, it has to flow you've been minimized and I don't know if it's by the decisions of others or if it's by your decisions but you've been minimized and the Lord wants to break he wants to break every barrier okay I, I believe this is a coming out party for you there's some people in this house that you have to uh, sing over but the first person you got to sing over is yourself. I know this is, this is a weird assignment, brother. But I feel like there's something in there that, that the Lord's wanting to break this morning. So I'm going to let you kick it in. And then, then I'm going to give a call to anybody that needs prayer. So I'm not trying to put pressure on you, but I am putting pressure on you. Because the same Holy Ghost that lives in all of us is moving through the body right now.
Can I speak a word over you? Can I sing a word over you? Is that okay? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I feel the Lord saying this. I want to see you smile again. I want to see you laugh again like you used to. I want to see you dance again with that freedom to not be scared. And so many things have happened that's taken your joy, but I'm here to renew you like you used to. I'm ready to see you smile again. Oh, to laugh again. It's time. Thank you, Jesus. It's time, God. Father, we just seal that word. bless my sister, God, with your peace that passes all understanding, Father. We just thank you for that word, for her life. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, God. We just worship you, Father. shirt on in the back. Yes. Hi. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty warrior, dress for battle, gonna get ready. Just like David, take up your worship, I will take you to the front. Get ready to slay all those giants. Get ready to take the city by storm. Mighty warrior. Dress for battle, get ready to run. Thank you, God. Just seal that word, Father. The strength, God, that he doesn't even possess in himself, Father, but that you do. Just worship you. Thank you, God.
Just like Mary came Break your perfume on my feet No one came that close To me so much more so why don't you come I have so much more for you press closer come deeper lay down at my feet and I'll take care of you come closer Go deeper, I'm ready, are you? Bring your sacrifice, come closer, and I will take you where you want to go. No more sorrow, no more suffering. I want to take you to the things of my joy. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Thank you, Father. Bless my sister, Father. As she's actively being healed and made whole again, Father give her the desires of your heart. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor. For, before we release real quick, if you want prayer, I just want to, I just want to pray for you. So if that's you, you can come on up at this time and then we're going to turn it over to Pastor Greg.
Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and give God praise? Hallelujah. For he is good and he meets the needs of his people. Amen. Hallelujah. Just basking in his presence. Just allowing him to saturate us with his love, with his kindness. Just thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to let you know that we're going to be having um, tacos, Taco Monday. Everything's upside down. But Taco Monday tonight, starting at 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock, we'll be here with Taco Monday. So, Taco Monday. <laughs> All right, and then tonight we're going to just have a powerful time, amen, and uh, encourage you to be here, invite people, um, praise the Lord, invite them to Taco Monday, <laughs> if not anything else. They'll say, I've never heard of Taco Monday. <laughs> I've heard of Taco Tuesday, but I haven't heard of Taco Monday. Well, it's a new thing. <laughs> and it's a and it's good. It's good. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. It isn't that funny, but it's all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, the, the Spirit of the Lord is, you know, as we were <laughs> listening to Pastor Brent and listening to the words of unction, and, you know, the Lord was just encouraging our hearts to take it up to the next level. Amen. And uh, uh, one of the main hindrances to seeing that in our churches is something that I'm going to address tonight. And I believe that if you have staff members and people that are um, growing up in the ranks of your church and you can bring them, I believe it would be beneficial for them to hear this. Uh, we're going to have special music by Pastor Ramon Phillips. He's going to be um, throwing it down on Taco Monday. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to have some hip-hop and some Taco Monday. And then we're going to have some good ministry from the Word of God. Amen? So I encourage you, get with people that you don't know. There's a wonderful wealth of information and impartation in the seats. 
majority of conferences that I've been blessed with haven't necessarily been from the pulpit. They've been with the person I sit next to or the person that I have lunch with or the person that I, you know, converse with. And impartation can happen. Impartation can happen. Uh, God can put you in a position to get answers that you would have thought that is not the source that I thought that answer would come through, but it comes through someone that God puts you in connection with. So I encourage you, go out to lunch with someone you don't know, fellowship with someone you don't know, meet them for Taco Monday for someone you don't know. And uh, we, we, you know, let's, let's get together, let's connect, because we're all one body, one family, amen? <clears throat> and God has good things in store for each and every one of us. And that person next to you may be that connection that takes you over the top of what God has called you to do. Amen? So I encourage you to do that. And uh, I'm, I'm speaking in a certain tone and meter because of the plane in the back. I feel like I'm, you know, having to go in there. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I feel like, okay, I need to be quiet. Some, some, you know, but... How can you be quiet about Taco Monday? But anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. God is good. Amen? And uh, we're going to have a good time. Avail yourself to the materials outside. We've got some stuff out there. Um, fellowship with some people. And we'll see you back 7 o'clock tonight. Amen? God bless you.